You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode eight of the Toolstation Western League podcast. I'm Ian Knockholds, and of course, I'm joined as always on the line by Tom Hiscock, the author of the Western League Bulletin and, of course, the Western League column in the non league paper. It's with special congratulations I herald you today, Tom, because you're another year older and another year wiser. I'm not sure about wiser, but yeah, um, nice little birthday celebrations on the weekend, so that was that was nice. Uh, nice, nice to talk to you again. Yeah, no, good, good, uh, and, and you had a good, uh, you had a good birthday, I hope. Yeah, not too bad. Feeling a bit, bit ill now, but not 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 because of the birthday. But yes, um, yeah, yeah, it was a good Saturday. Well, I believe you thousands wouldn't. Um, yeah, I managed to um, to take in a, a game on the uh, on Saturday. We we caught we caught the second half of Melksham's game um, with uh, with Willand. I'll say we. I, I took my daughters um, Betty and uh, Juliet down to Oakfields um, with me. Another big crowd down there, and uh, when we arrived at half time. Melksham were, were losing 2-1. I know we'll get into uh, uh, we'll get into that later, but um, that made for an eventful um, second half. Um, more of that to come. I wouldn't say we've got a special podcast for you because every podcast is special, but slightly different uh, this week because um, we'll be finishing um, the podcast with an interview that I did with Darren Perrin last week, um, talking about the Tool Station Western League's special representative game. It's part of the 125 years celebrations, and Darren talks to us uh, a bit about what that game is all about, who uh, the Western League representative side are playing. Uh, the game is being held is being held on October the 11th at Melksham which is um, so so Darren is very heavily involved as you can imagine but he's picking the side and he's telling us a little bit about that and uh, of course we do have another manager interview as well as part of our normal two interview uh, schedule so without any further ado I'll get into the meat and drink of uh, of this week's podcast and we start on Tuesday the uh, the 12th of September uh, and another healthy schedule of games in the, the Premier in the First Division. We won't go through all of them, but we will start with an interesting upset that occurred at Brislington, Tom. Indeed, and at home at um, Mold Lane, a good win for Brislington, 2-1 over Melksham. Uh, enormous scoring took place just for half-time, so it was quite frantic in the build-up uh, there, and it was Danny Hunt who uh, fired them ahead, uh, Brislington, before Melksham hit back uh, through Tyler Civic, uh, but uh, no longer had they been, uh, no sooner had they been uh, on level terms, uh, and Nikhil Palmer fired home uh, what turned out to be the winner for Brislington, yeah, 2-1 win for them. And the other game I've put, uh, called out from Tuesday is um, Street. They returned back to winning ways emphatically with a big win at home to Well City. Yeah, the Tannery Ground, a nice home win for them, uh, 4-0. Uh, and uh, a man who gets a lot of mentions on this podcast, uh, Steve Murray, scoring twice for the home side. Steve Murray, definitely a name to listen out for. Um, Devizes Town, um, in different form so far this season, but they had a very good win at home to Radstock. Yeah, 3-0 last week um, during the, during, on Tuesday evening. Uh, and it was goals from Robbie White, Jack Hopper and uh, Rob Mitchell, who's done pretty well this season uh, for them, leading them to a, to a comfortable win. And uh, the other game that caught my eye in the First Division was Wincanton. They weren't at the races at home to Westbury United. 
No, Westbury's uh, unbeaten run uh, extended to 10 matches last week. Uh, a 5-2 win away at Wincanton. Uh, Mark Robinson, Dan Price and Jake Hiscox uh, all scoring for, for Westbury. And also R- Ricky Holbert, who's done uh, extremely well so far. Uh, he scored a brace uh, and a pretty comfortable win for Westbury. Now we move on to Wednesday the 13th of September. And for Wellington, it might as well have been Friday the 13th. It was a bit of a horror shower away at Willand, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what happened there. An 11 nil loss. Uh, for, for Wellington um, one they'll want to forget quite quickly uh, Willand uh, very much um, uh, firing on all cylinders in front of goal uh, Luke Mortimer uh, grabbing four of their goals uh, Craig Veal also adding a hat-trick uh, Brett Warby striking twice and then also goals for Brett Alston and uh, Angus Wilson uh, yeah very much a one-sided affair there and another reasonably one-sided although not so as emphatic um, was in the first division Welton Rovers trip to Chard Town uh, crowd of 82 went to see this one on Wednesday and uh, the travelling Green Army would have been pretty pleased with the result yeah there's all thanks to one man a young man um, Jaden Savory uh, scored all three goals for Welton uh, really impressive win uh, away at Chard uh, now, uh, there was a game of, on Wednesday as well in the um, Gloucester uh, Challenge Trophy and uh, Roman Glass triumphed at home to uh, Thornbury Town, so congratulations to them. But we begin our coverage of Saturday the 16th of September with FA Cup action. It's the road to Wembley. It's only got two of our member sides uh, left in it and, of course, they were playing each other. So how did our Tool Station Western League FA Cup final go, Tom? It was a two-all draw, so they will go at it again uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, and between Bridport and Cadbury Heath, of course, at St Mary's Field. Uh, and after taking an early lead through um, George Boone, uh, Cadbury Heath missed out on the chance to double their advantage. Uh, when Matt Huxley, usually so dependable, uh, saw his penalty attempt saved by Jason Hutchings in the, the Bridport net. Uh, and then they, the, the home side managed to get back on level terms, uh, thanks to Richard Hebditch, uh, who slotted home uh, following a good, good cross from Leighton Thomas. Uh, and that was how it stayed until around the 90th minute. Uh, Simon McElroy looked to have put Cadbury ahead, obviously taking their lead for the second time in the 91st minute. Uh, but Bridport managed to managed to show some some excellent late uh, passion, and they got back on other terms uh, once more with Braden Signs heading home three minutes into stoppage time. Uh, that's that's for replay. Sorry, Wednesday. I might have said Tuesday. Earlier, so that's on Wednesday evening. Well corrected there. Um, we will, of course, be running through the fixtures coming up um, uh, over the weekend, towards the weekend, later in the podcast. But um, that FA Cup game still, still live that tie, and uh, we'll see uh, which which team triumphs on um, on Wednesday. Now we'll turn our attention to the Premier Division, um, and a very busy run of fixtures, Tom, and uh, a mouth-watering tie at Bitten, where the visitors were street. Yep, Street's second 4 0 win uh, in of, of the week, and uh, no goals for Steve Murray this week. Uh, this, this on Saturday, sorry. But there was a hat trick for David O'Hare. Uh, the marksman scored twice in the first half, uh, and also uh, once after the break. Uh, and the man who, who assisted both of his goals uh, before half time, Craig Harrod, uh, he managed to get the third just before half time. So a good half uh, for Street. They were free enough at the break, and obviously O'Hare notching his, uh, his third after the after half time. Uh, a 4 0 win for Street. Um, slightly less action to report Bridgewater Town where the visitors were Hengrove yeah goalless draw there between those two uh, not the first of the week uh, in fact so yeah not, not much to write home about that yeah we don't normally get more than one but we'll be coming right. on to that later um, Buckland Athletic they were in winning form again at home and this time the visitors Clevedon Town yeah, and they had to do it the hard way, Buckland. Uh, they were reduced to 10 men uh, quite early on, just 20 minutes in, when Cameron Kelly saw red. 
but the leaders managed to, to, to force through a, a three points, crucial, crucial victory. Uh, Jared Lewington scoring twice after half time uh, to, to overcome Cleveton, uh, a 2 0 win. And Chipping Sudbury Town, they were at home to Cribs. Yeah, another 2 0 win, uh, this time for Chipping Sudbury. Uh, and it was first half goals for them, um, both coming from Jack Parker and Liam Pullen. Uh, and uh, Cribs, unfortunately, following their uh, goal scoring expertise last week, um, they've, they've seemed to have hit the, hit the rails a little bit recently. Well, uh, one team that has been in good form of late is Shepton Mallet, and uh, they've travelled to uh, lowly Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, the, the Basin Dwellers uh, unfortunately suffered another defeat. 2-0 uh, at home. Pretty healthy crowd there, which is good to see. But uh, goals from Tyson Pollard and George Carey, uh, either side of half-time, uh, led Shepton Mallet to a 2-0 win. Now, uh, next the game that I was at at the weekend, Melksham Town, they were at home to Willand Rovers. It was uh, an entertaining affair, a two-all draw um, at the Oakfields, and uh, it was Melksham who managed to fight back from a, a two-goal deficit to grab a share of the points. Uh, five minutes into the game, and James Blake put the uh, Willand ahead, uh, and he then, in fact, got a second uh, just after the half-hour mark, just, just put Willand really in control. Uh, Tyler Civic scored for the second time in a couple of days uh, to get Melksham back into the game, uh, before Dan Demke completed the comeback uh, halfway through the second half, and that was how it stayed, a two-all draw. Yeah, that Demkiv goal was an absolute cracker. I managed to um, um, peel myself away from Peppa Pig just long enough to, uh, to, to to catch that strike. In the game, in, in the uh, half an hour or so, the second half that I was able to catch in between trying to look after my children, um, uh, it looked like, a, a, as you say, very interesting, entertaining affair. Willand really impressed me. Really, really well-organised side. Everybody knew what their job was. And uh, Melksham desperately um, going forward to try and find that equaliser, throwing everything that they had at it. They did find a way uh, eventually, but neither side there could um, could take all three points, but another entertaining game in front of a big crowd at Oakfields. Anyway, um, that's my team. What about your team? Tom, odd down, they were at home to Hallen. Yeah, I thought it was my local side, uh, a 2-1 loss. Uh, maybe a quite quite surprising result. Uh, 2-1 for Hallen, uh, who one thanks to two goals from Aaron Anglin, uh, both in the opening 20 minutes, so a good start for them. Uh, Kane Simpson did give give up down hope during the second half with a, a well-taken goal, but it wasn't to be, uh, and, and the way wins Allen, just their second in the league this season. Now, we are seeing some slightly freakish results at the beginning of this uh, Tool Station Western League season. And we talked earlier in the podcast about how Brislington managed to take all three points away from promotion chasing Melksham on Tuesday and how Wellington got absolutely battered away at Willand uh, on Wednesday. You would have thought that, um, well, you would have thought that Brislington would have taken all three points from their, from their trip to uh, Somerset, but not so, Tom. No, it wasn't to be. Uh, a one-all draw uh, between Wellington and uh, Wellington and Brislington. Uh, they look a much better side um, at home. Obviously, they've had a tough, tough start with all those away games, but uh, um, they managed to recover from going down quite early, uh, and they drew one-all with with Brislington. So, a good point for Wellington. Obviously, they are towards the bottom of the table, but they are starting to show a little bit of fight despite the the, the horrible result midweek. Um, finally, in the Premier Division, Well City. They were at home to Bradford Town. Yeah, probably a better point for Wells than it was for, for Bradford. Uh, a nil-nil draw. Bradford still unbeaten, but uh, just the uh, the four wins and the four draws so far this year. Whereas Wells, obviously, towards towards the bottom, but uh, a nil-nil draw there. 
boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now we move into the first division and um, Bristol Telephone's winning again. Yeah, they rebounded from uh, defeat last week to, to grab a 2-1 winner home to Devizes. Uh, they went ahead sorry, in the 24th minute through Ben Griffith uh, before doubling their advantage 15 minutes from time uh, through Leon Britton. Uh, Jack Hopper gave, gave Devizes uh, late hope, but it wasn't to be, and uh, Bristol Telephone's march on uh, and grabbed the win. Last week, I rather unkindly came up with the tabloid headline title "Bishops Bashed" to describe Bishops Lydiard their exit from the um, and from the FA Vars. Well, they were the ones doing the bashing this week, and uh, they did it on the road away at Carn Town. They did uh, a six-nil win uh, for them, and it's been a tough start for Bishop City, but um, uh, a massive win, uh, triumph away where it counts. Callum Flaherty gave them the lead uh, with a header before that rider doubled their advantage uh, with a long-range effort, and then it was over to James Quick and Luke Redrup, the uh, the forward line, uh, both of them adding two goals in a pretty one-sided affair, and it was also Bishop City's first uh, clean sheet of the season, so a promising result for them. Now, what on earth happened with the game between Chardtown and Westbury United? Well, I'm led to believe that um, after 89 minutes of playing in some pretty torrential conditions, uh, with Chard uh, 4-2 up against the, um, the, the, the early pace set at Westbury, uh, the game was abandoned by the referee. So uh, we're going to have to wait to hear more about that, I believe, uh, at the next um, uh, Western League uh, get-together. Um, they, they will discuss the, the result and what, what, what happens about this, uh, this fixture. Uh, later in the season or whatever. So. But if our information's cor- correct, that they, that game got abandoned after 89 minutes. That seems to be the case, yeah. Blimey. Um, quite, quite, quite staggering, yeah. Well, it just goes to show that the show's not over till the fat lady sings. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on to matters between Cheddar. They were at home to Corsham Town. Yeah, a belling goal. I've, to, I've heard from uh, from the Caution fans. A 1-0 win for them away at Cheddar. Obviously very much needed. They move off the bottom of the table. They leapfrog their opponents, in fact. And it was John Basley uh, scoring the only goal of the game in that one. Now, this was a fixture that caught my eye. Chippenham Park. We've talked about Chippenham Park a lot on the podcast because um, certainly this calendar year they've been in fantastic form. They've been in good form this season as well. Good side uh, at home especially. The visitors poured his head town. who have done not a great deal at all this season. Um, but poured his head picked up all three points on their visit to Wiltshire. Yeah, and despite goals from Darren Moss and ben, uh, Alex Pring uh, for Chippenham Park, it was uh, a 3-2 win uh, for Porters Head, who obviously towards the bottom of the table, but uh, their second win of the season coming thanks to a hat-trick uh, from Harrison Williams. Uh, yeah, a very surprising result, and that's their first win since the opening day, so uh, well done to Porters Head. So I'm delighted to welcome uh, Mark Williams to the Toolstation Western League podcast. Um, Mark, of course, is the manager of Portishead Town, but that wasn't the... F- it, Portishead is not the first club uh, with which I've known Mark associated. Last season, I had the pleasure of um, commentating with Mark on the Roger Stone Memorial Cup final, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a good day for your boys that day, wasn't it? You were with Clevedon on that occasion, Mark, and, um, and uh, your boys were triumphant. Yeah, it was, and, and, and I was indeed. I was at Cleveland Town last season uh, with Mickey Bell and was for a few seasons indeed. But um, 
Yeah, under 18s, very strong side for us, have been for a number of years, to be honest. We've had uh, a number of good 18 squads for probably the last three to four seasons, and last season was no exception to that. So, yeah, if I remember the evening, it was a it was a triumphant evening against a good Radstock side, but, um, yeah, well, it was very nice to have your company on that occasion. It's very nice um, to have your company now. You've uh, you've popped up as manager of Portishead Town, but I understand this isn't the first time you've taken charge of the Portishead side. No, uh, a number of years ago, and I, I forget how many years ago it was now, probably probably five or six years ago, um, I was involved with the Portishead side. In fact, I was involved with the Portishead side as the first team coach that got us into uh, Tool Station in the first place. Um, Back when we had the likes of Truro City and Ilfracune Town in the league, performing at a very, very, very high levels and paying awful lots of money. So, yeah, that was a few years back. One of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast this week, Mark, was because I saw you had a very eye-catching result at the weekend. You travelled to Chippenham Park. Chippenham Park, very good side. In particular, very good side this calendar year. They're flying high in the first division, but you were triumphant 3-2. You must be very pleased with that. Absolutely delighted with the result. I mean, to be honest, if you look at our results throughout the season, we've, it's been the odd goal here and there, apart from one game against Westbury, which I'll talk about. But, you know, we, we've always been in games, and unfortunately for us, uh, we've either ended up having, you can see it in the odd penalty or free kick, which has cost us dearly, or indeed going down to 10 men, which for whatever reason seems to be happening more this season I've ever noticed so um, and indeed that happened to us Saturday so you know great game started really well um, and, and you know we've got a young side you know we had nine under 19s in that squad on Saturday um, but started it at quite a pace pressed them really high and we went 2-0 up after about 10 or 15 minutes um, uh, they got a goal back and then we scored immediately after to make it 3-1 Literally straight after that, with a player sent off down to ten men, so we spent probably sixty-five to seventy minutes of the game with ten men. So you know, taking that into account, more than delighted with the result uh, and the effort the team put in. Now you've um, made reference to some of the other uh, matches you've had uh, recently. I see you've, you've you've played the likes of Warminster, Bishop Sutton, and of course Westbury, um, probably uh, well and Canesham as well actually. So you've come up against a lot of the uh, the big boys uh, in the yeah. first division. All of those sides um, r- riding high. Um, yeah. do, do you c- can you see um, what are the the winners, the eventual winners coming from um, one of those groups? Who who has most impressed you in the games that you've had against those big big hitters? Um, to be honest, it's, it's all very much of a muchness in this league. I mean, Westbury are probably the best football inside I've seen us play against. Um, you know, they moved the ball. They've got strength in all areas. Um, I think they've got a few Melksham lads in from last season um, who were a good side themselves in the Prem. Um, but I think, to be, unfortunately for us, we, we played Westbury on an evening when we had about six lads out as well. So I probably had my most inexperienced side playing against one of the most experienced sides in the league, which... Uh, which ended up showing itself in the result. But I'd say, for me, Westbury at the moment, if I look at the league, uh, you know, you see Telephones winning week in, week out, although I think they lost uh, on the weekend. Um, But, you know, they're clearly going to be a threat to us this year. Outside of that, I don't see, you know, Chippenham Park were fourth in the league, as you know, um, going into Saturday's game. That didn't, you know... I, I know we've got a team strong enough to compete at all levels. And I've set the expectation with the, with the players to, to aim for a top eight finish. And realistically, what I'd really, really like is a top six finish. And looking at the league, I'd say we've got every chance. You, 
you just mentioned that we had a um, you know we've had a tough start. We have. I mean, if you look at the top top eight teams, we've played the majority of those teams already. So um, you know, hopefully with the win on Saturday, it bounces us into a position where we can go and compete well with the rest of the squad. So expectations for the season, top eight finish. But what about the cups? You've got a cup game coming up um, this weekend. You're at home to Bodmin Town in the Vars. Are you hopeful um, for a continued run in that competition? Hopeful, yes. I mean, Bodmin, as you know, will be a good side. I mean, they're, they're, they are no mugs at, at all. They play in a fast peninsula, I think. And that league in itself is a tough league. I think I've had a quick look, as you'd expect me to. I think they're 12th at the minute in that league after six games. Um, but if you look at some of the results they've had in the Cup this year, I think they played Hengrove earlier on in the FA Cup and beat them 4-1. Um, so, you know, we played Hengrove pre-season, the friendly, so I know what Hengrove are about. Um, and, you know, I would say that we could compete in all areas, and I would expect us to compete in all areas, but it's going to be a tough game, to be, to be honest. But, so we'll go out there with... Uh, We'll go out and enjoy the game and, 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 and look to win the game, obviously, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. Well, you've got Almondsbury after that, and then you're on the road uh, again. And um, one, one thing that the fixture gods throw up early in the season, it looks like Westbury United are coming round again. So there'll be an opportunity to put the record straight when you, vi- when you visit Meadow Lane. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that, uh, if I'm honest, because we will have then uh, our strongest squad. I think this weekend is the first time this season when I've got all players available to play. Um, so it'll be great. It'll be, it'll be good for, from, from my perspective, from a selection. Um, for some of the players it won't be, but I've got 20 full players to pick from this season, which is the first time. So in the next couple of weeks when we go to West 3, I'll expect us to be going there with a full-strength squad and hopefully compete a lot better than we did last time. And now another one of our nil-all draws, Tom. Oldland, Abertonians and Bishop Sutton. Yeah, Oldland, uh, third beat fourth, so uh, had, the, uh, had the look of a, uh, an entertaining affair, but uh, no goals to, to, to write home that, unfortunately. Well, Redstock Town, uh, who everybody knows I, I carry something of a torch for, have been in absolutely no sort of form recently, have they? And uh, they managed to lose at home again on Saturday. They, uh, this time the victors, Roman Glass St George. Yeah, unfortunately I'm not sure who scored for Roman Glass and George um, this weekend, but uh, a 3-1 win for them away at Radstock, uh, moving them into the top half of the table. Now, Sherbourne Town, they were at home to Ashton and Backwell United. Yep, Sherbourne Town, another one on the side towards the bottom gaining a win. Uh, quite, uh, quite an entertaining uh, weekend, uh, a fruitful uh, weekend for the teams towards the bottom. Uh, a 1-0 win for Sherbourne in front of 69 fans, uh, with substitute Jason Bond scoring the only goal in their win over uh, Ashton and Backwell United. And the highest attendance uh, this Saturday in the First Division was at Warminster Town, but um, they wouldn't have gone home happy. Ormondsbury, the visitors. Yeah, and Ormondsbury uh, ending a three-game losing streak uh, with a 3-1 win away at Warminster. Uh, Greg Parr scoring twice for the away side uh, before Harry Brock uh, wrapped up the victory ten minutes before the final whistle. Uh, a good win for Ormondsbury. And finally, Wincanton Town, um, they were a return to winning ways for them at home to Malmesbury, Victoria. Yeah, 2-1 win for, for Wincanton, better, better, better performance than during the week, of course. Uh, their fifth win of the campaign, and it was goals from Matt Peters and Marcus Cook firing them to the, the 2-1 win over Malmesbury.
Well, that is a uh, that is a look through the fixtures um, from the uh, from the week, and now we turn our attention to the the week ahead. Tuesday, the nineteenth of September, and one Premier Division fixture: Brislington. They take on Clevedon. A few more games in the First Division. Tom, there's four there. Uh, can you run us through those? Of course, yeah, we've got Ashton and Backwell United, uh, they take on Almondsbury. Cheddar versus Malmesbury Victoria, that's a 7.45 kickoff, as is Chippenham Park versus Cainstown Town. And then at half past seven, uh, we've got Devizes Town against Westbury United. And there's a game in the Devon Football Association, St Luke's Bowl as well. Tiverton Town entertain our own Buckland Athletics, so I'm sure that'll be a that'll be a cracker. Moving into Wednesday, the 20th September, and uh, our eagerly awaited um, second round FA Cup replay. Uh, yeah, indeed. We've got Cadbury Heath hosting Bridport at uh, 7.30 kick-off on Wednesday night. Not Tuesday, as I said earlier, so Wednesday evening. Uh, and the winner of this, uh, obviously the draw was uh, done on, on Monday lunchtime. Uh, the winner of that will take on either St Albans City or Cambridge City in the third qualifying round. So best of luck to both of those sides. Excellent. Do we know if that's home or away? I believe it's away. The, 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 uh, the, that will be in the next round. What a trick. I will have to double-check that, but I believe it's away. We've got one game as well in the Premier Division as well, haven't we, on Wednesday? Yeah, another 7.30 kick-off. Uh, Hengrove Athletic take on Bitten. Now, I'm going to do this bit because it's two teams very close to my heart. In the First Division, Chard Town entertain Radstock Town at 7.30 kick-off. And Warminster Town, uh, they entertain Welton Rovers. That's a 7.45 kick-off. And then we move to Saturday, the 23rd of September. And we've got a heavy programme of FA Vars action, Tom. We do. Uh, indeed, lots, lots of games. Still lots of our teams involved. Uh, we've got Bridgewater Town. Uh, they travel to take on their season Orstall. Got Bobby Tracy against Bishop Sutton. Uh, Cabra Heath take on Shepton Mallet. Uh, we've got Cowan Town taking on Downton. We've got Chippenham Park hosting Camberley. Uh, Wellington versus uh, they travel to take on Clevedon. Crediton United they host our Brislington. Uh, we've got Cribs. They travel to take on Columpton Rangers. Uh, and then we've got an all-tool station affair between Hangrove Athletic and Ashton Backwell. Uh, Longwell Green Sports will hope to take some, uh, some, some good luck from the, the, the Cup. They take on Hyderbridge Town. Uh, Oldham Navatonians travel to take on Obdown. Uh, Porter's Head Town, they take on Bodmin Town. Uh, another tool station affair uh, between Radstock and Grimglass and George. Uh, and then rounding out with four more uh, home games for our sides, we've got Warminster Town versus Farnham Town, Westbury United versus Christchurch, Willand Rovers versus Saltash United, and Wincanton Town versus Plymouth Parkway. And in the Premier Division, we've got two fixtures on Saturday. Bitten at home to Bridport and Buckland Athletic, they take on Bradford Town. And uh, we've got a few games in the First Division as well, Tom, so do you want to rattle us through those? Yeah, of course. We've got uh, Almondsbury versus Cheddar, Bishop's Lydiard versus Sherborne, Canesham uh, take on Chard, and Welton Rovers versus Caution. Excellent stuff. Now, uh, as I always do, Tom, have a if you have a bit of a nose through those fixtures for the coming week, is there anything there that particularly tickles your footballing fancy? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the big one, obviously, uh, on Wednesday evening, Capra Heath versus uh, Bridport. They've, they've come so far in this cup, and obviously a tight affair on Saturday, so uh, it'll be interesting to see who, who manages to get through to the next round there. 
There's a couple of Premier Division ties as well on uh, on Saturday. I'm fascinated to see how Bitten get on. I mean, we, we don't really know what sort of Bridport team they'll be facing, depending on how that Wednesday replay goes. But they're two sides that certainly on their day are capable of um, of beating anyone in the division. And um, the other one, two sides again that I really fancy. We've got Buckland Athletic. They're doing ever so well at the top of the table. They're at home, so I'm sure they'll fancy themselves. But Bradford Town, Bradford, really good, um, well-organised side. Um, some really good quality Western League players in there as well so I'm sure that will be an absolute cracker now then, only right as we look as we think about all of the different fixtures coming up over the next week and indeed that we reflect on the, the games as we as we have done with Tom and that we turn our attention to one of the most important events that's going on this season for our Tool Station Western League, it is of course the 125th anniversary of the Tool Station Western League and one of the events to mark this occasion is a special representative game between a, a hand-picked Western League side and none other than it, the England C team. Now, I won't explain to you who the England C team are. I took the time to go and have a chat with the special manager, the hand-picked manager um, of this, um, for this representative side. It was none other than Darren Perrin, of course, my old sparring partner, the old Melksham Town manager and I caught up with him at Oakfields and asked him to tell us a little bit about the brief that he's been given to pick this special representative side. To be fair to the Western League, uh, I have been given a total free reign, but uh, my recommendation, along with John's and Andy's, was and the, the rest of the board of directors, was that I would like to try to get quite a few clubs involved in it, and I recommended that a maximum of three players from any club would be selected uh, from any division, and and that's the way that we're going to do it. So hopefully there'll be seven or eight clubs involved on that evening I'm pleased you say uh, I'm pleased to hear you say any division because of course um, you, you and I have got very excited in the past about the quality and the competitiveness of the Premier Division in recent seasons indeed we've actually seen some players stepping down from the Southern League players with quite um, illustrious careers in some respects um, um, now playing at a Western League level so plenty of strength but um, what's the balance to be struck here is it about bringing the best of the best of the Western League together or is it about a celebration of all of the players from the different clubs it's trying to get the happy medium but I'm, I'm certainly looking to put a strong competitive side out is, is the way I've been in my managerial career and on the evening I'm sure that myself and the players that are selected want to do the Western League proud and I'll be delighted that uh, if we could win the evening um, for the Western League and I'm sure it'd be a, a major celebration for everybody involved 125 years for any league is incredible and the Western League I think is, is so highly thought of uh, throughout the country and we want to make it as, as spectacular and enjoyable evening as we possibly can and we've certainly got some uh, par sleeves there at Melksham to make it even more spectacular that night. Now what's the timetable for announcing the side because that's one of the things that of course the people listening to this are going to get very excited about. We're about a month away now um, from the game so still plenty of time for, um, um, for people to put it in their diaries and to book their tickets but a lot of the fans out there from the different member clubs will be will be hoping that their favourites make it in um, to your side. I mean, me as a Melksham Town fan, of course, we have the likes of Gary Higdon here, who's a cult figure, and my personal favourite's Mike Perrett. There'll be players, there'll be fans across the Western League who hope 
that their particular cult heroes um, make it into your side. When will the announcement be made? I've got an agreement. I had a meeting with Andy Radford last week and uh, I will be... Uh, giving Andy the squads no later than Friday the 22nd of September I've got a good idea at the moment I've got this weekend um, to go and obviously I'm watching two more games next week just to, just to go over some in my mind but I would imagine that uh, the clubs will then get an email and it, uh, an announcement from the Western League uh, in due course but none of the players who are in your thoughts actually know yet, so that uh, so the players themselves won't know until that official um, until that official statement's been made. No, not and I've I have sounded out one or two players just to see if they would possibly be available. But I've gone through the managers. I think it's only right that out of courtesy that I've spoken to some managers uh, and also asked their thoughts. They see their players week in week out, and they also know that if certain players have got injuries etc or unavailable unavailable I must I must say that the feedback that I've had from the managers so far has been very uh, encouraging and very positive and all of them are quite keen for their players to play providing obviously their club commitments uh, allow it we I'm led to believe we've got a slight problem with some clubs maybe playing in the Somerset Premier Cup that week of the game um, and hopefully that can be resolved but that's something that really for the Western League and the clubs to sort out and really nothing for me to uh, worry too much about. Listening to you talk about this, Darren, it's interesting that we started off this interview by talking about your role, of course, as a a long-serving manager, and now you've moved upstairs to the chairman's job. But the way you're talking about selecting this side, it's almost as if you've turned into an international manager. This is the sort of headaches that Gareth Southgate might have, isn't it, with club and cup commitments. It's um, it's an interesting problem to have. Are you enjoying it? I am enjoying it. I'm enjoying it because the Western League is such a strong division. Uh, or a strong league and and it's nice to be able to manage players that normally are uh, where we're trying to find out their weaknesses and strengths on every weekends and trying to stop certain players etc etc I am enjoying it I'm well aware that once the squad's announced there's going to be some people who are going to be happy certain clubs that would be happy and other clubs that are not happy I would say that we're all managers we've all got our own opinions and I'm sure certain people would, are, would think that so-and-so is better than so-and-so else. It's 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 not just about the best players. It's it's trying to get a team and try to gel a team with no training session and trying to get a side who on the night can gel together and hopefully, like I said earlier, is, is to win. So what do we know about your opponents, the England C team? Who are the England C team? Well, the England the England C team are is the England non-league team. Um, I personally, I would imagine, I would imagine that it'd be regionalised. I would imagine. I know Paul Fairclough from his Stevenage days when I was at Forest Green Rovers. Um, I would imagine it'd be regionalised, and I would imagine that they would be using players from obviously the nationwide conference or the Vanarama national the, and the south 
I can't see players coming down from Hartlepool or Barrow on a Wednesday night to play in the game, although I may well be wrong. But um, it's, a, it's, it's great recognition for the Western League, and it's obviously a great uh, coup for Melksham Town to be asked to host the game. And everybody here at Melksham is very much looking forward to it. So those details once again. This game, again, part of the 125-year celebratory um, uh, occasion for the Western League. Uh, the game's taking place at Oakfield Stadium on Wednesday, the 11th of October. It's a 7.45 kickoff. And Dan, can you just run us through, um, if people listening to this want to come along, they want to book a ticket in advance, how can they do that and how much will those tickets cost? There's no tickets in advance, but uh, again... All credit to the Western League. The, the ticket pricing is is very very reasonable. It's three pound for adults. It's one pound for OAPs, and it's free entry for children. Um, there will be a raffle done where half the profits will also be going to the air ambulance. So, like I said, the, the prices have been magnificent to be fair by the Western League and trying to encourage as many people as possible to come and support support uh, the game Now you've had many um, big matches here, you had uh, obviously last season when you opened the stadium there was um, some big games held here, some massive crowds came down um, and in pre-season as well you had a really exciting pre-season um, uh, campaign and you had some really big teams coming to, to Oakfields and massive crowds as well, so this game going on hopefully we'll get another big crowd um, for this game not just because it celebrates the league but it's a lovely place to come and watch football um, but also there's another game you've got coming up um, here it's another uh, sort of celebratory game isn't it in fact it's got celebrities in it um, uh, and they're taking on a Manchester United uh, 11 yeah we've been very fortunate here so far that we've been able to play Swindon Town Bristol Rovers obviously our first game ever at the Oakfield Stadium was against Bristol Manor Farm in the FA Vaz which attracted over 1,600 people people and to close down the, the Conagher our old ground we had Manchester United Legends uh, last year in October which attracted a crowd of 1900 people um, we always promised the Manchester United Legends that we would invite them back once we were settled into our new uh, stadium we are settled in they've kindly agreed uh, to come here to play a select 11 which I'm selecting uh, on Sunday November the 12th with a 2pm kickoff, and my select 11 is is slightly different from last year it's all ex-professionals from local clubs and the feedback that I've had from the ex-professionals has been quite unbelievable really, we've had Daryl Clark from Bristol Rovers manager agree to play Fitzroy Simpson Matthew Bound, Dave Mayhew, Steve White, Steve Phillips, um, and the, and the list go Gary Hours, who's just recently been appointed the Torquay United manager. We're still waiting for confirmation. Oh, Mickey Bell's agreed to play, and we're still waiting for confirmation from Scott Murray and Steve Claridge. So we're getting um, great feedback for it. We are doing it for the Teenage Cancer Trust, one of our main sponsors of the club's daughters has got cancer. So um, um, we are donating um, certain money to to the cause, and we have got an auction where already we've got a signed Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Tyrone Mings has kindly agreed to come to the game and sign autographs and our selfies with our youth section with a signed Bournemouth shirt. Brian Tinian, who unfortunately can't play, has donated 
two Bristol City Championship tickets and a signed Bristol City shirt. And we're hoping that we'll obviously get plenty more um, to auction off for this great cause. We're delighted that United are coming down. They're bringing very much the similar squad as they did last time, and it should be a great occasion for everyone. And uh, we're certain tickets are certainly going very well at the moment, and once we anticipate another very big crowd. So when is that game taking place, um, Darren? And um, tickets, I know you're selling these tickets in advance, not the England representative game, but the, the, the tickets for the Manchester United celebrity game, that they are going in advance. How can listeners get hold of those? The game is on Sunday, November the 12th. It's a 2pm kickoff. It is a free premiership weekend. It's an international weekend, I'm led to believe. Tickets are on sale now as I said earlier they are going very quickly and very well um, there's plenty left because we obviously can uh, hold very big crowds here and everything else and you can pay on the day but to guarantee everything uh, and cheaper it's two or three pound cheaper if you get them in advance than paying on the day and they've only got to contact me or at the football club and we can sort out accordingly I thought for that game at the Conagher, um, Frank Stapleton alone was worth the entrance fee. He was absolutely fantastic, wasn't he? Um, ageless, uh, almost. But of course, another player who made an appearance on that occasion was yourself, wasn't it? Will you be gracing Oak, um, Oakfields um, in this match? No. <laughs> Well, we have to bring it back, don't we, to this um, um, to this uh, representative game because um, I've got one last question for you, and it would be, of course, completely inappropriate of me to use my position as the presenter of the Tool Station Western League podcast, and of course, a regular Melksham fan as well, to abuse my position by asking, or even dare I say, it, lobbying for any particular player to appear in this representative game. But can you confirm whether or not Dan Cottle has been selected? Yes, he will be selected in the squad. There you go, listeners. An exclusive. That's absolutely incredible. Darren, as always, thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for your candour. Um, I really appreciate um, uh, you seeing me here at Oakfields and um, hopefully we'll get a very good crowd for that uh, that turnout for that uh, representative game, of course, part of the 125-year celebrations taking place at Oakfields on Wednesday, the 11th of October. And my thanks there to Darren Perrin. Uh, I hope you found that um, that interview entertaining uh, and informative. I was a little bit cheeky at the end there to overstep my brief, and I do uh, I do hope the um, you listeners will crave uh, my indulgence. But um, I couldn't help. We've all got. F- all of us who are fans of Tool Station Western League football have our favourite players, regardless of, of which teams we support. We've all got uh, our cult heroes, indeed. I know we've often got um, uh, other players that we keep an eye out for in other sides, and, uh, and that where, that's where my uh, um, admiration from, for Dan Cottle comes from. But as I've had my opportunity to out myself as uh, who my favourite player in the Tool Station Western League is, I think it's only right and proper that I give a man who gives an awful lot more thought to these matters than I do, Tom Hiscott, an opportunity opportunity to have his say the uh, the game coming up on october the 11th tom which players are you hoping to see darren announce later this month well i mean i'm, I'm a man who likes goals uh, in terms of goal scorers i think steve murray of street uh, he's always always producing for for that side obviously we finished second last season they're doing well again this season uh goals and assists he's the man so i'd like to maybe hit maybe hear his name uh, involved and also jared lewington having a very good season for Buckland have obviously made a good start. 
Uh, at the other end of the pitch, um, in, having only conceded uh, four league goals this season, uh, Bradford have probably got the, the most watertight defence uh, so far. Uh, so their goalie, uh, Jamie Bartlett, has had a good season uh, to date. So it might be interesting to see if he's, he's called up by uh, Darren. Well, um, listeners will obviously have to keep uh, your ears peeled to the podcast later this month when we will hopefully be catching up with Darren again so he can run us through his 16-man squad and I'm sure that there will be further announcements on the Toolstation Western League website and on social media as well. Um, As Darren said in the interview, I'm sure there will be plenty of people who are both pleased and annoyed with his selection in equal measure but isn't it wonderful that we get an opportunity to talk about some of the best players across both divisions of the Toolstation Western League and hopefully that debate is something that we can enjoy uh, for the next couple of months as we talk about some of the great football and some of the great footballers that we that we enjoy and celebrate every week. Now the other thing I should say is I hope you, you didn't mind me taking the opportunity to give Darren an opportunity to plug his big game, I say his big game Melksham's big game where a celebrity side will be playing a Manchester United side at Oakfields. Now I did this very much with a mind to future podcast because it wasn't just an opportunity for Melchior to promote that one event. It was actually an opportunity to launch a new segment on the podcast. We'll do it at the end and we'll do it every week. And we very much want to hear from our member clubs about any events that you want to promote that you've got coming up uh, at your clubs. And hopefully we can generate a little bit of interest and a few more bums on seats and a few more tickets through the turnstiles for members of the Toolstation Western League family. Um, we'll certainly promote them. Uh, I can guarantee that if you can get into touch with me uh, or Tom um, I, I mean Twitter is probably the easiest way but um, I'm sure we can facilitate um, communication through the Western League website as well. My Twitter handle is at Ian Knockholds that's I-A-N-N-O-C-K-O-L-D-S we'll certainly promote um, your event but more importantly if you want to, if we've got an opportunity to um, to speak to you about that and do an interview in the same way that we were able to do with Darren on that occasion then we'll certainly give you that platform as well because it's really important that we use the, plod- the podcast to promote not only the league but also the member clubs and the events that keep them that keep them ticking. So if members do want to, if, if listeners do want to get in touch with you, Tom, give us some information. I know that we were missing a few goal scorers and the like as well, weren't we? Uh, in the uh, in this week's reports, how can uh, listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, probably best way probably Twitter, uh, like yourself. Excellent, because you have penned this week's um, bulletin, haven't you? And it is it is on the uh, it is on the website. Indeed, yeah, and thanks to thanks to Kerry again for, for, for helping out a lot with uh, his reports. I must say, uh, they've they've really helped um, make 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 up the words this year. So continue excellent work for, for Kerry, hopefully. Excellent, and you've uh, continued your fine journalism in the non-league paper. I hope. Yeah, uh, another 220-odd words on the uh, Premier Division, uh, and, uh, yeah, that's in there this week. Tom, thank you very much, as always, for your time uh, on this week's podcast. We, I look forward to catching up with you this time next week, and uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be reflecting on that titanic FA Cup struggle and, of course, another full week of action in the FA Vars. But from, from me and from Tom, it's been the Toolstation Western League podcast. Mm-hmm.